up? I hope that you are keeping your heads up at this time. I know it's been a wild past two weeks. There's been so much going on in the world. But before we even hop in and, and start discussing that, you know I love to start every episode by just expressing my gratitude and giving thanks to each and every one of you who continue to to tap in every single week um, to the Mapped Out podcast, giving me your feedback, um, asking any questions, and also sharing, right, like what you want to hear next, which is so dope. If we can remember, right, double back to two weeks, my last episode was with uh, my sorority sister, my sister in life, um, or sister in Christ, all these things, friend. Like, I mean, I could just continue to like name them all, but, uh, with Brooke, Brooke Hubbard, um, Brooke Alexis, that you're looking on social media and we discussed, um, grief, right. And we said that we were going to come back and do a part two to this, but this is going to be a little, a little different because I kind of started to think about, um, grief in a different way, especially, with the past two weeks, I feel like we really need to kind of start discussing maybe like some coping mechanisms and just kind of discussing what and how grief can continue to look in and throughout our lives. So I'm going to tap Brooke in right now for her to say what's up to the people and anything else. Uh, Brooke? Hello, wonderful people. Hope you're doing <laughs> well. Hope you're healthy and safe. Yeah, I'm just excited to be back and, you know, really engage in just something like a very timely topic and share with listeners what we're you know what we're learning in this season and what we're seeing and how we're feeling yep yep no I completely agree I'm so grateful that you agreed to come back y'all her patience is impeccable because let me tell you I can be a handful sometimes so I'm, <laughs> I'm just so grateful that uh, she is patient with my map and and flexible with me looking at me talking about myself in third person but um let's really kind of let's start discussing What's been happening in in the past two weeks? It's insane. We've had two major mass shootings, mass murder shootings. One in New York, Buffalo, New York, if I remember correctly, in a grocery store it killed, and that was a, really a hate crime. If we're gonna call a spade a spade, it was a white male, young, I believe, eighteen, who went in a grocery store and shot. It was ten people, right, Brooke? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, ten people in a grocery store, all black people, and on his gun. It had the the word, the N word on it. Um, and really, when I saw that, I kind of want to broke. I, I want to talk about like how we we like how we felt when we saw that. You know, how are you feeling now? And then we'll we'll talk about the one, the most recent one. But that's my question to you. Like when you when you heard about this this hate crime, because you're a black female, and the things that we have been through since really 2020. I mean. I mean, we can go back to the history books, but we're not even going to talk about that today. But since 2020, like George Floyd, like, how are you feeling, sis? How are you processing this? How am I feeling? Uh, I feel a little, what is the word? Um, almost desensitized at this point where it's like it yeah. just continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Then I think on the other side, I was, I was, um, I was, I made, I did a story kind of just on my thoughts not too long ago where I'm, attending a predominantly black church and just even the fact like I didn't even realize until I was maybe more like hyper aware that we have officers that kind of police our our services because you just Mm -hmm. never know if someone's going to 
um, choose to you know target that church because of the people that attend yeah and so I think just feeling not, not even safe in my own place of like worship or mm. even you know just choosing to work from home most of this week because like I'm very close to tech like I'm in Texas and so yeah very conscious of the times that we're in and yeah just feeling a little bit unsafe a little unsteady but also also just kind of exhausted um <laughs> at the same time yeah, no, I can completely resonate with all the things that you named. I think exhaustion being number one for me, and then number two, that um, being desensitized to certain situations. And I know that sounds so negative, but I actually read an article earlier this week of how, like, that's a way that Black people are starting to cope with everything that's going on, because you can only take so much. And when it seems to keep happening, not just every month but like this is like it's something every single week in america you kind of have to to protect your well-being and to protect your peace of mind you kind of have to turn it off and and try to become numb to the noise which is so dangerous on on the in retrospect right because you want to be involved like that you know god forbid but you know that could have been me like kurt franklin said you know i love that song come on kurt um, it, it could be any of us. And like you mentioned, like being in your place of worship and not really feeling safe. I think about that when I walk my dog, I live in a predominantly white neighborhood, an older white historic neighborhood where I've had people several times stop me in their little Range Rovers and their Porsche. Oh, where do you live at around here? Oh, that's such a pretty dog. But like literally it would, would watch me until I turn the corner. And I'm, I'm not doing anything. I, I got on my, you know, and I, listen, if you want to keep it a stack, right? Because Brooke, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like, I'm wearing like my, my Nike golf skirt and, and, and shirt and, and my, I got my, my sneakers on. And I mean, I, you know, feel like, you know, we look presentable and we can get into this whole performative conversation in front of white people. I'm coming strong today. So if anybody's offended, I apologize, but this is what we're talking about. We're going to talk about grief. We're going to get there, but it's crazy. I, I the, the way that I have to think about getting dressed when I go to walk my dog, because I know where I live at and I know, I can, I'm, I'm going to cause people to pause just because I'm a black African-American, well, a black African-American female in my neighborhood that's walking this pretty dog, as people like to say. Do you, can you, uh, do you kind of resonate with that? And have you thought, do you have those, you know, the same thoughts when you go out? Yeah. I mean, even like example, I'm getting my hair braided this, yeah. like this weekend mm-hmm. and I work in a, like a predominantly white corporate space. Like, how's that going to be perceived in this? Cause I haven't worked corporate before. And so mm-hmm. like, just being conscious, like, what does professional look like? And I mean, also, I live in the suburbs of like Dallas, and like, yeah, most of my, you know, surroundings are predominantly white spaces. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly very hyper aware, very much like, how do I present? Want to be non threatening? You want to be palpable? You want to be like, you know, because it's, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's unfortunate that you have to, I don't know, make white people feel safe when I'm like, yeah. you're, you know, threatening my life every day just by, just by the way I look you know so it's, yeah it's it's heavy it's heavy for sure exactly literally and that like not that it makes me feel good that someone else like gets it or understands but I, I know I don't have this conversation a lot out loud but to hear someone else like okay I think about this too especially when it comes to the hair like that was a whole a whole other conversation like I've always been so nervous to have braids until probably about two or three years ago Cause I was just like, I don't know how this is going to be perceived. I, I've always had either like clip-ins or sew-ins and just straight hair, but I'm, I, I have not always wanted to put heat on my head, but I don't want to get down rabbit hole. So yes to that event. Um, I want to just address and say, I'm praying and lifting up. We are praying and lifting up all the family members affected 
um, with from the mass shooting in, in Buffalo, New York, in the grocery store. I mean, there's people ranging from like young, young to old. Um, and I'm just, I'm so sorry for your loss, but we are definitely keeping you all lifted up in prayer. Um, now on to the next event, right? This happened close to home. It happened in Texas. I, is it called Uvalde? Am I pronouncing that right? Or is that sounds, it? That, that sounds right. Okay, like Uvalde, Texas, um, where an 18-year-old, um, I believe he is Latinx or Hispanic, um, shot 19 stu- uh, elementary school students and two teachers. And some facts are starting to come out that the police just did not handle the situation properly, which pisses me even, <laughs> pisses me off even more. But when you, you know, it's it's a different type of hurt when it comes to children. It's kind of like, you know, the, the type of grief you experience when you, when you lose someone, like maybe an immediate family member. But when it comes to kids, right, you kind of think about like, gosh, they, they didn't even have a, a chance to develop and, and, and live life. Um, and it, it is heartbreaking. But before I even go into like my thoughts and my opinions and kind of sharing how I felt or how I feel with this book, how are you processing this and how are you feeling about um, the most recent uh, mass murder? Uh, I think just the, just hearing the stories of, of the students, like I, I saw something where I think one of the students covered themselves in blood from one of the deceased students. So they yeah. would appear as if they were also deceased. Yeah. So they wouldn't be targeted by the, the, the gunman. So I think of that, just like that trauma they're experiencing, but also just, I don't know, you just think of a child as being very innocent and um, unsuspecting and just that just that being taken away and just the the longevity of life that they could have had and how that's not going to be and so I think that very much ties into grief of even with my sister I mean she she passed away at 24 so I mean very, yeah. very, very young age and so I just I think it brings back to that that part of my life um, so very much so I think it, sometimes like large moments like this brings me back to my own grief mm-hmm. in a way um because you're very much like brought back to this the forefront of just life is very precious and you just have to you know just be conscious of each day that you're given and, and very grateful no I completely agree with that um and I think too to your point right when when younger people die it, it brings in that narrative of like life is so short and it really kind of not that it puts this like clock watch on your own life, but it really makes you kind of look within and be like, okay, first of all, am I living right? Because we don't know the day or the hour. Secondly, um, like, am I happy with where I'm at? Mm-hmm. Go down the line of like you making this big pivot, right, in your life from higher education into corporate America and how you had to, you know, you were unhappy. I'm, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you felt like you were in a place to transition. And you did that and did so with grace and boldness and confidence, um, which I'm now thinking like this episode is not going to be t- titled grief part two. This will definitely be recent events plus grief part two. Because <laughs> we're talking about all the things um, that's going on in the world. But I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't take the time um, to really just talk about this, uh, you know, amongst black young females again you living in texas and and being close uh to the event um and like i said going back to to the points that you shared um i I feel very similarly um i really i kind of when i heard about this shooting like obviously like i think it just it hit me a little harder and I, i got really emotional about it because i think kids are the most like precious thing and when you start to put faces to the names and the pictures started to come out that was really rough 
for me. Um, and I think too, because I think I want to make sure I didn't mishear. Like I, I, I didn't mishear you. You said you worked from home this past week, correct? Well, I was traveling, but uh, my last half of the week, I was back. I could have been in the office. But I was like, I'm gonna just. I just didn't feel safe to go be in a public space. Got you. Um, so yeah. Okay. No. So and my point to pointing that out is just like a lot of people, and I really wish we had the opportunity to have this type of like vulnerable, vulnerable conversation with employers. Cause a lot of people were like mentally checked out after this, like mm-hmm. a lot of people, no people, no one wanted to be on zoom. No, not that no, not that no one wanted to work. Cause you know, we all, we have bills to pay. We have a job. Like, I get that. But like, it was just heavy because the numbers continue to rise. You started at 14 and then 14 went to 15, 15 went to 18 and 18 went to 19. And then it was like teachers. And then the, the, one of the teacher's husbands passed of a mm-hmm. massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. So again, dealing, and that's, I think, a perfect segue into like how to cope with grief. Now, obviously I didn't know her husband's like, you know, health history or anything, but I can imagine you've been married for 20 plus years. You have four kids with someone and then you just get the news. She died protecting someone else's children. And I'm sure there's a lot of love there. Like the stress that that can put on someone's body, it can definitely induce some things. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. And I didn't read that in an article. So I don't want anyone to take this and twist my words. Um, But I feel like it's so that's why this topic that, you know, Brooke and I are talking about today of how to deal with grief um, is so important. So um, before I go into like some steps that I was, I'm going to ask you about, do you have anything else you want to share right now? Anything like on, on a, the most recent events? No, I think we pretty much covered all the things. Yeah, no, for sure. So really y'all, you know me, I'm, I'm a list girl. I like definitions. I'm pretty organized. So I really, Brooke and I had the chance to kind of discuss before we got on here and um, maybe like some steps that someone can use to, to cope with grief. And because Brooke has um, gone through some significant losses in her life. I felt like it would be dope to kind of explore these with her and to kind of see like, okay, is this, was this true for you in your season or in your current season? So number one being um, understanding that the the way you're feeling, maybe like right when grief hits you, right, right when you, you find out that you, you've lost a loved one, you have trying to remind yourself in that moment like oh my gosh this won't feel like this forever it won't feel like someone's punching me in my gut forever or like Brooke shared last not last week but two weeks ago I won't have to run from this forever right Brooke what do you what do you say to that to that point Hmm. I would definitely say it it doesn't last forever but it does still surface yep Uh, and so I would say it's very much unpredictable. Um, I don't. I didn't share this in the last podcast, but I also, um, in addition to my sister, my dad passed unexpectedly almost a year ago. And so he had a, a massive heart attack. And I think that one was probably the hardest one to kind of deal with. Because I, I mean, for probably a straight two weeks, I just felt like I had no, no sense of like direction. I felt completely lost. I mean, the, the pain was indescribable. And yeah, it really did feel like there was no way I was going to be able to just like get up each day and just like try to find this new balance of not having that significant person who was in my life. Yeah, but it definitely I mean, I think the, the pain definitely will subside, but it, it definitely it, it takes time for sure. 
No, for sure. Brooke, if you don't mind, too, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper in, into that because I know a little bit of the history. And if, if I'm pressing too hard or too far, you're like, oh, Maya, absolutely not. We're not talking about that. Um, but regarding the the loss of your father, could you maybe like share, not with your particular situation, but like using it as an example? I, I think sometimes when people, let's say they, they, they're in your role and they, they lost their father, but they weren't that close with that person, right? Like maybe the relationship was a little strained letting the listener know that it's okay to experience and feel what you felt, even if you weren't that close with someone, because it's still the loss of a significant figure in your life. And I know some people struggle with that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, on one end, you know, I lost this person. Maybe I'm not feeling anything. So you feel guilty for not feeling anything. And then on another end, like, Oh, maybe I wasn't this close with this person, but this is hitting me like a ton of bricks. You see where I'm going there. Can you kind of share a little bit more about that? I'll try to answer it the way I think you are asking it. <laughs> without, but I wasn't trying to like be invasive. So I'm like, I'm going to hit this without putting all your business out. Yeah. So I can give maybe more context of my, in my dad's dynamic, if that's helpful. So um, I would say probably the last, mm, probably three or four years, me and my dad were kind of strained relationship. And so I think for me, it hit me a little harder because there was this level of, I wish there were things I would have said similar to my sister, yeah. um, but still holding space for like, I, I love this person. They were a part of very significant milestones in my life. But at the time that, you know, he had passed, like we just weren't necessarily on like the best of terms. And um, I think we had spoken maybe two weeks before he passed. And so just, just a lot of heaviness there. Um, yeah. So definitely would say to the listeners that, you know, regardless of your relationship, regardless of, of the circumstance, I think, it's okay for, for however way you want to hold space for that loss. Um, there's no like specific way to grieve. Um, like with my sister, I really didn't cry at all. I didn't really have any external emotions with my dad. I mean, I, I was pretty much falling apart every day. And so, I mean, it, it's definitely person by person and case by case. So yeah. I think take it, take it as you, as you would, I don't know, anything like just handle it at your own pace. Um, and don't try to compare your, your grief to anyone else's. Ooh, honey, that is a word right there, which I feel like is, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for sharing that piece, but a perfect segue into the second point of um, you can handle, you have to know that what's hitting you right now, that you, you have to believe that you can handle it even when you feel like you can't. And this is really getting more so into the capacity piece. And Brooke kind of touched on this on like how she grieved for two immediate family members completely differently. And you learn about, you know, I think you learn about your capacity of how to handle things once you're, once you're kind of forced to deal with some stuff. So Brooke, I know you kind of already spoke about how you handled the, the passing of your sister to your dad differently, but could you kind of speak about your capacity? Were you able to kind of not move through? Cause right. Grief is going to be with you and you kind of learn how to just live life with it. But how, 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 how different was it, you know, when it comes to like your, your dad and, and your sister, like, do you get what I'm saying here? I yeah, know. Yes. Yes. I understand. I'm struggling. This is real yes. life. Though. So I feel like with my dad, I got to the point where I realized I did not have the capacity to kind of handle my grief on my own. And that's when I really started to see a therapist pretty regularly for about, I'd say eight months, okay, like weekly. And um, it was really from the advice of a friend who also happens to be a therapist. And mm -hmm. I was, I was just, I think she could just tell like that I had not necessarily healed, maybe is the best word um, from my sister's passing or handled it in 
I had not, I think, released that, that, those emotions that I was holding on to. Yeah. So I think I was like, I need to, you know, take that next step and find some support to help me navigate because friends are great. I think talking to people are, is great, but sometimes you need that extra, maybe professional support when you realize, hey, I can't manage these emotions on my own while also doing my day to day job. So trying to be a, you know, uh, a beacon of like light for people or supporting my friends and family. I was like, I don't have the bandwidth to do it all while I'm still holding on to a lot of heavy things. And so for me, it was just being self-aware enough to be like, hey, I need some extra help and support and choosing that that avenue for for me. Oh, no. Yeah, that is perfect. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's helpful for me. I have nothing to add to that. But that is is so, 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 so good. Um, Really, then I'm just going to throw in there points three and four together. But um, number three would be like understanding and learning how to be gentle and kind with yourself while you're processing and going through grief. Sometimes I feel like we, we put a timeline on like, Oh, if I lost this person today in the next two to three months, I should be okay. Or maybe the next, you know, four to five months, I should be okay. Cause I think which ties into point four, which is thinking cycles and not lines. There is no timeline for grief. There is no like, I'm going to be okay by this point. Like you can't put that on yourself. And Brooke, I wanted to ask you when you were walking through these seasons, did you originally have a timeline for yourself? Did you think along those lines? And- oh, oh yeah, for sure. I was like, I'm a planner by nature. I've gotten better over the years just because I think with these losses, I've realized I can't control things. Yeah. But I remember I started going to therapy and I used to get like, I would start crying, not because I was, um, some, I was like emotional because I was like angry that there were still things that would still trigger me or it would cause me to kind of like not not necessarily backstep but like take me back to different places um in my in my thought process and she was like Brooke like you know what's what's going on I was like I was like I just want to be done like I want to be able to just say I've, I've checked the boxes I'm like I can move forward and she was like Brooke that's not how it works and I mean I think it was like it sounds like silly but I, I think because I'm an achiever and I'm a striver in, in way yeah it just made sense to me. This is just another checkbox to move forward in my life. Hmm. He was like, I mean, there's going to, you can still be moving forward and still kind of have like those moments. Yeah. Because I mean, you've dealt with a lot of hard challenging things. So I think for me, I learned a lot in therapy was just to be compassionate to myself. Kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Cause I was definitely like very critical. I had these very high lofty expectations of how I wanted this journey to look and oh, okay. didn't meet those internal goals. I was just like, bro, come on. Why are you, why are you still crying about this? Or why are you still getting yeah. uh, frustrated about this? And I'm just like, Brooke, like you've, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you have to like talk yourself down because I mean, obviously I think we're oftentimes we're our biggest, our biggest critic, but mm-hmm. just really trying to like uh, say positive words to myself. Like I've started to kind of journal, like a gratitude journal, yeah. um, leaving myself notes throughout the day uh just really checking in with myself to be like Brooke what do you need today how are we feeling um because I wasn't doing that for myself and I mean I could definitely see the toll it was taking on me um for sure so that is so good which actually I mean like you're you you know the next point which is your feelings are normal and understanding like you can't be like oh I shouldn't be feeling this way like the pain of grief itself is hard enough to tolerate So you make it more challenging when you or other people around you tell you what you should or shouldn't do or even feel. So you do have to allow yourself, like you were saying, to feel whatever it is, whether it's anger, 
sadness, even I'm gonna put it in like quotes because I know it's this could surprise some people, even relief, depending on the, the context of the of the situ- of the situation. We like have to remember that grief is not only just grief. Grief is like exhausting. Like imagine like you know how you feel like when you're stressing for like a big test and you take the test and the tests don't go as well. Like it, grief, it's a lot. It's a heavy burden to carry. Let me tell you something. It's it's heavy. And I know you know, but just reiterating that for the listener to like remind yourself. Check. You got to check yourself internally. Give yourself grace, just as Brooke is saying. Like you, you got to realize this is normal. But Brooke, I think you too, and I want you to remind the listener of this. I think you mentioned this last time. Um, you said that it was okay to feel how you feel. But you, I think you said, like, don't stay stuck in it. And could you just remind the listener of that and maybe even give an example of, like, this is how I feel at this moment, but I'm, I'm allowing myself to grieve, ooh, to grieve forward and move in a, in, a, in a different direction. Yes, I would say, let's see, I think I'm always try to, like, if I'm, if I'm ruminating on something, kind of just, like, just being very cyclical, I try to be like, okay, if, if, it's, if it's still something I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm stuck in, whether it's like maybe just intrusive thoughts or just negative self-talk, I try to do an action to kind of counter-correct it. So if it's something that's like, I don't know, it's something tangible example, but if I'm really maybe speaking negative to, negatively to myself about how I feel like I should be a certain space, I try to, you know, maybe counteract it with maybe it's like some physical activity to get my mind off of it. Or I talk to a friend and I'm, I'm going on a tangent, but I think in a, in another space in terms of that piece about not feeling like your, your feelings are you're like they're normal. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it was helpful to talk with people that actually have gone through my like very specific form of grief, because mm. you don't know you're like, you're quote unquote normal or, or not normal until you have someone you can relate to. And yep. none of my really close friends had ever like experienced um the level of like grief and loss that I had and so like I could share with them but like I I started to see like a support group where it was just like people from all like walks of life Mm -hmm. um that had lost significant loved ones and like that's where I truly found like strength and like hope um, because there was just a love it was it got to a point I was like okay my friends just don't know how to support me in the way that I'm looking for because they have just never seen that season yeah and that's okay, but I was like, to really help me feel kind of, I guess, seen a little bit better, I was like, I need to maybe talk to some people that have lived some some harder life seasons because yeah. it just it just feels different when there's someone who's like literally walked that same journey with you. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you reiterating that and also like sharing that for people who maybe can't relate, right, to what Brooke has been through or what other people who have lost this, another, you know, significant loved one and letting people know that it's okay for you not to get what I'm feeling. I don't wish this hurt on anybody, but please know like it's also okay to go search and seek people who have walked that same path as you so you can get that support, which is perfect for us to kind of like wrap up this conversation because the last two points is um, the the sixth one is you're not alone. You have to remember that you you aren't alone and you, you can find community you can find people who can support you through that time and again your family and your friends are there to support you but it, it, like Brooke just said it's it's kind of hard to get someone to relate to something that they ain't never been through and then grief can beget meaning so there's no really getting over the loss of a loved one really you you just have to learn how to find new ways to incorporate the loss in your life as you continue to move forward because 
grief is just a natural response when you love anyone. When you lose, a, I don't care if it's a person or an animal or a friendship or a relationship, like that's just a natural response because when you when you just love someone and you put that feeling out there and it's, love is more than a feeling, so correct me right there. Um, but when you when you really commit and, and submit to someone in that way, um, it's no doubt that you'll 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 probably grieve that relationship or the person when when they're gone. So, um, Brooke, I think that's that's great. You reminded the listeners that you're not alone. Um, two, I do want to like rewind it back a little bit to talk about the importance of therapy. I'm gonna push this as long as I have breath in my body. I've seen the light and the work of therapy through my own life, but also through Brooks. I'm just going to like be honest with you, sis, then I'm going to let you tap in. I remember when I first met Brooke to the Brooke I know now, Brooke is standing 10 toes down on whatever she has to say. And she's going to say it with um, all the breath in her body. She's not people pleasing anymore, even as much. I don't know what it's like. I'm not with her 24 seven and I don't see her in a corporate life, but I've seen like literally like a night and day change in Brooke to like, I'm Brooke. This is what I believe. This is how I'm moving forward. And I'm, I know what, I know where I'm headed and I, I know, and it's not coming from this sense of cockiness. It's not coming from a place of like, I think that internal achiever that, you know, she, she's always been and she has like, she's going to do her job and she's going to do it with the spirit of excellence regardless. And when I say job, I'm just talking about anything in life, being a sister, being, um, a daughter, being a friend, like all these things, being a cousin, but it's, it's just coming from a different place. And I think she owes a lot of that to God, obviously in therapy. And I just want to end on that note of like you pushing therapy one more time, because it's so important. And the transformation I've seen in your life outside, even looking in, like it's, it's dope. Yes. And I'll plug it again. My goal is to get a blog out before the end of the month on just my journey with therapy since it's um, it's the month. But I will say, yes, I think you for sure have got to find a good therapist because there's definitely not, they're not all good. So I think first step, um, finding someone you feel safe with that you can feel you can go deep with. But uh, I think a big part of it too is like my therapist would say, like, it's not, what's happening in our system where you're growing it's you applying those 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 tools that they're giving you to kind of navigate outside of the sessions that's yeah. really, really the magic happens but i guess my third point is really you have to walk into those sessions knowing that um one you're going to be open and honest but two you're going to be self-aware enough to kind of own some of those things and be okay with with uncovering things maybe you didn't even know were there because i think that's the big part for me was like there were things i went into therapy for grief but I came out knowing like, okay, I have some attachment style issues. I have some unhealed trauma um, from this, like my dynamic with my parents. I have some um, people pleasing. I realized where it was coming from, but it was related to my, my parents' dynamic. And those things, I think, all wound up into the grief and the loss. But I wouldn't have known that just on my own, just living through life. And so, I mean, I would say therapy is something where, it, to me, it just helps enhance who you are as a person. So some of the skills and traits that I have as, as an individual, they're very much still Brooke, but I think I have this level of like confidence and self-assuredness because I just, I know who I am. And I think I just, I just got that confidence by healing from some things, but also just having someone who was unbiased kind of walking me through um, just some seasons of life that I don't think I could have just done by myself for sure. 
no, I, again, that's all I want to have to do is like plug this again. And to the, like, I think the main point here is like, it's not just about attending those sessions and finding a good therapist. It's how, how can you take what you learn in that space and, uh, and apply it to, you know, outside of those four walls, which is so important. Um, so really y'all, that is, that's, that's what we have for this episode. We've been able to, to discuss the recent events of what's happening in the world. Uh, we've been able to give you seven steps to really um, to deal with grief and how to cope with it and how to continue to, to move through it, no matter what direction you're in. Remember, grief is not linear. It's not in a line. It is a cycle and it's a loop. And you just got to learn how to continue just to move and keep going and keep pressing. So I am speaking healing, health, in, in, in life over everyone, over every listener, uh, over myself and over Brooke. I know that the past few weeks have been extremely heavy, um, but I just, I know where our help comes from. I know who we have faith in and I know God has, he, he has, he has a life of abundance and, and promise for us. Even though we go through trials and tribulations, I know he has our backs because he's, he, what does his word say? That he gave his only begotten son, that who, who should ever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3, 16. So it's so important just to remember that everything that we, we're experiencing when it comes down to grief, any physical, any emotional trauma, Jesus has felt. He has experienced. We're not, we're not feeling anything new. Um, and he's he, he did that so we have someone to relate to, someone that we can rely on, someone that we can believe in, someone that we can have faith in. And that's the one thing I will have to say for the past two weeks, especially maybe for the, if I'm going to be honest, no cap, the past two to three, the two to three days, I've had to really lean in and, and press into um, because it's, it's hard not to get discouraged and to feel a little overwhelmed and to kind of be like, okay, God, you know, you, y'all see the little memes out there in Brooke, because I think I sent uh, Brooke some, you know, the little girl on Instagram where she'd be like, okay, Jesus, if you're ready to come back, just say that. Like, let us know. <laughs> um, so I am just really, um, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful. Um, and Brooke, do you have, I, you know, I want to give you uh, another opportunity to let the people know your social media handles. I know she has a blog post coming up soon. And um, what else is there happening? I feel like you announced something else, but maybe I missed something. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> you cracked me up. Um, so, let's see. My blog is called Come Along With B. So C-O-M-E-A-L-O-N-G-W-I-T-H-B. Come on, I can't spell. Um, dot com. And same with my Instagram handle, Come Along With B. Twitter, same thing. TikTok, all the things. So Feel free to come along on the journey. We'll love to have you all. And just happy to be here with the listeners. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Y'all, I'm telling you, she has the dopest content. I'm sitting here looking at her page now. So like, oh my gosh, it's just so good always. I kind of, I creep all the time, but we talk really well. So that is what it is. Um, again, thank thank each and every one of you for tapping in. Brooke, thank you so much for being here. Again, your, your patience and your flexibility and the love. I, got, I have all the love for you, sis. Um, and y'all. Y'all be great. Have a great week and please continue to come back and map out your life with me.